Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is 27 January, Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. I have a couple people that are visiting all the way from New Hampshire today. I've, they're friends on Facebook. I met them a while ago, and uh, it's Ron and Janine Philibot. Is that how I pronounce it? Okay. I look at that name, and I said I was going to spell it phonetically, so I wouldn't do that. I didn't, and then I'm still... Okay, and then we have a couple people that are just visiting the church. They're not visiting from out of town, but they're uh, Donna and Joyce. And Donna was a neighbor of mine. And you're moving now, isn't it, to New Hampshire? Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. That's right. Okay, so it's still up in the... Until the Lord brings you back to Florida. That's right, because I, I cannot believe that you are going up there in this weather with, I mean, negative negative temperatures up there, and they're down here enjoying it. But uh, anyway, I uh, am uh, thankful for you guys coming here, and I'm thankful for you making this trip all the way from New Hampshire. It was really wonderful. Uh, as far as uh, Donna and Joyce, like I said, they live just down the road from me, and uh, we helped her move out a little bit, and they had all kinds of stuff that they could not take with them. And so they uh, said, please help us out. And some of the stuff I took down to the projects, some of the stuff is actually at your son's house, uh, just so you know where that came from. And the water that we have in the back, they had three or four big things of water. And so we've been drinking that water now for uh, uh, a couple uh, weeks. And so thank you for that. Anyway, just kind of fun stuff, how the Lord works things out in our lives. And then uh, before I get into our first category... I have two things to say. The first one is Arlene, my friend that gave me a bandana last week with snowflakes on it. She also gave me this one here, and uh, I want to thank her for that. She's always sending me these fun little things, and it was very nice. But before I go on, and the reason why I'm not going to wear this during an update is because it matches the color of the blue screen. And when I hold it up, it may actually uh, uh, not be too visible in some of the uh, areas. But I'm going to read you something that was sent to me with what I am going to hold up, and I'm going to tell you what my heart is when we do these prophecy updates. My heart is not with the prophecy updates. I do them because they're important. They get information out. But this is from Don Murray, and he said I could read this letter. He said, God bless you, Charlie Garrett. Most of my life, I was a Laodicean, lukewarm to my Lord Jesus Christ. About three years ago, I stumbled upon your prophecy update and really liked it. Hearing your admonishment to watch less prophecy updates and get into the Word, I started watching your sermons from Genesis 1-1, and there was no looking back. Now, before I go on to the next paragraph, I will say that uh, Ron here did exactly the same thing. He started with the prophecy updates, and now he has listened to everything that we have done. Everything. He listens even to the Bible studies, and uh, so uh, this is where my heart is here, is that people get into the Word of God. Now, Don goes on. He says, I have since watched all of the Genesis sermons, the Ruth sermons, and I'm up to the Ten Commandments in Exodus, which is Exodus 20 is where the Ten Commandments are. Who knew how rich and complex the Bible was? When you talk about what Jesus did for me, for us all, I weep. The fact that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and resurrected on the third day is proof of God's love for us. I will not read the last paragraph other than to say that I am a online member of the Superior Word Church and extremely thankful for everything you do, meaning the church plural, okay? He says, I believe. And what he did 
is he made this. This is not something that he uh, bought. It is something that he actually made. And then, including the bandana itself, it has, I'm going to fold it up so that the colors don't not show through on the camera, but he actually made the Superior Word logo, which is on our sign outside and which we have on all of our videos, and he sewed that, and he added it onto the bandana. And so I don't know if you can see that or not, but uh, I can't wear it because of the blue screen color, but I did wear it at the Bible class, and I'm very appreciative of what this person did. He spent all that time making this and then sewing this beautiful logo on there, and it's right did it right side up? I mean, most people that make bandanas don't know to do it, and then when you put it on, it's upside down. I'm very thankful for this. It means a great deal to me that he did that. And uh, so there you go. And then one other announcement, as I said, is that I had announced that somebody that attends our church online had sent all kinds of Bibles to us over the years, and he sent some audio Bibles. He sent quite a few audio Bibles. And I started listening to the audio Bible on August of 18 or last year, August um, 2018. And I finished it this past week on the 25th. And that's with a guy that drives about five minutes a day. I drive to the mall and I drive back and then I drive to the church uh, twice a week. And that is it. Other than that, I go to the projects on Saturday and that's a longer drive. But with almost no driving at all, the Bible is complete. And I'm now up to Genesis 20 again this morning. And that's only in two days. So if you are not listening to the Bible while you're driving, you're being unproductive. And if you are not reading your Bible, you are not being obedient to the Lord instead of watching Prophecy Updates. I have no problem with you watching Prophecy Updates, but you should be in the Word. And I'm thankful to these people that are not only reading the Bible, but they are also listening to the sermons and getting into God's Word. That, that means more to me than anything else that anybody could tell me. So thank you all very much for that. Okay, our first category, as always, is Israel. From Ynet, U.S. Army seeks to buy two Iron Dome batteries from Israel. Now imagine the United States of America buying something from another country, which is very, very rare. Let's read this. The U.S. Army has asked Congress for $373 million to buy two batteries of the Israeli-made Iron Dome missile defense system, which has been protecting residents of southern Israel from Gaza rockets for over a decade. Americans rarely buy weapons systems from other countries, mostly due to national considerations of security, but also because the U.S. normally has the technological advantage. While Israel has sold the U.S. technological systems in recent decades, this would be the first time Jerusalem sells Washington a full weapons system. They will include 12 launchers, two sensors, two battlement management centers, and 240 interceptors. While the Iron Dome batteries are stationed inside Israel's borders to defend its citizens from rockets fired from Gaza, the Americans plan to station the batteries abroad to defend its troops in sensitive areas around the globe. The U.S. Army has been looking for several years for a system that could protect its troops from rockets, cruise missiles, drones, mortar shells, and other threats on the battlefield. In the past, the U.S. tried to build interception systems based on American-made air-to-air missiles, but the costs were too high, and they failed to meet the Army's operational needs. This led the Americans to decide to acquire the Iron Dome system in what is shaping up to be one of the fastest arms deals in history. Due to the urgency, it appears the Americans also plan to acquire the Israeli-made radar for Iron Dome, the ELM-2084 multi-mission radar, which is manufactured by the Israeli 
aerospace industries, since adjusting the American radar to Iron Dome would delay the system going into service. Marvelous. It shows you how this teeny little country with a very small population of people is so advanced over the other nations of the world, including the United States of America. From the Jewish Chronicle, Israel's Air Force set for first ever joint exercise with the RAF in Britain. The IAF aircrew and fighter jets are to take part in a joint exercise with the RAF in Britain for the first time. While the defense cooperation between the two countries has been intensifying at all levels in recent years, this will be the most open level of cooperation between the two air forces yet. The RAF holds its annual Cobra Warrior exercise in September at Coningsby Air Base in Lincolnshire. It is the culmination of the Advanced Qualified Weapons Instructor course and usually also includes crew and aircraft of other allied forces who fly together with British teams in complex combat scenarios, now including Israel. Good job. And from the Russian Times, Apartheid Road. Russian Times tests notorious West Bank Highway segregating the Fakistinians and the Israeli drivers. There's one more kind of segregation in the West Bank. This is Russian Times, so it's obviously not friendly to Israel. A new road where Fakistinian and Israeli drivers are separated by a large wall in the middle, dubbed the Apartheid Road. It makes some Israelis feel ashamed. It is a five-kilometer stretch of the road in Israeli-occupied West Bank, which leads to different directions. The eastern side connects Jewish settlements to Jerusalem, while the western one is allocated to the fakes to go around the contested city. Israeli authorities claim the new highway will ease traffic in the area and make Jerusalem more accessible for settlers. Most car owners on the Israeli side of the road are settlers, whereas the fakes can use it only if they have a special permit to enter Jerusalem. Shortly after the road was opened, the Fakistinian authorities said it posed a challenge to the credibility of the international community. According to them, it was a shame on the international community to see an apartheid regime being established and deepened without doing anything to stop it. Fakistinians fear the highway and other Israeli-run construction projects would see the West Bank being split in two halves, hampering efforts to build a future Fakistinian state. Well, I'm completely behind that because these are the people that shoot at the Jews. They throw rocks at the Jews. And don't get me wrong, I read an article this past week. Somebody uh, did the same thing from an Israeli settlement and either hurt or killed. I can't remember a uh, uh, person on the other side. And that shouldn't be done. And Israel will get that person and they will prosecute them. Whereas on the other side, they give them a stipend for the rest of their lives for killing Jews. So I have no problem with this at all. From Eretz Shiva, Saudi Arabian journalist. This is something that my friend Sergio sent me. You won't find it in the news services, but it was something that made the Israeli news. Saudi Arabian journalist says, Israel has the historical right to exist. Fakistinians are not even mentioned in the Quran. This is a Saudi Arabian in Saudi Arabia publishing that, and they have not taken him out and executed him, showing the change that is going on in Saudi Arabia. From the Times of Israel, U.S. Hasidic Jews reportedly detained in Ukraine for vandalizing Jesus' statue. Well, you know, the Jewish people are always complaining about the swastikas on their graves and etc. They're not helping their cause by doing something like this. You know, I call a spade a spade. When somebody does something wrong, they need to be punished for it. And if they get sent to a Ukrainian jail for that, so be it. I do not support people doing anything like that in any way, shape or form. But it's the kind of thing that 
that Jews are always one-sided with the Holocaust, and I agree they have been persecuted, but they also have to claim responsibility for their actions, and we'll talk about that in the sermon today, and yet at the same time, they should not be destroying other people's personal property. So here we go, Christian News today. From the Daily Beast, Dope Francis launches new Click to Pray app. Yeah, too busy to remember to pray? Dope Francis has an app for that. The 82-year-old pontiff launched a new multi-platform service called Click to Pray during his Sunday Angelus prayer. So why is he even bothering if he's giving you the choice of staying home and clicking to pray? Why even uh, go watch him on his Angelus prayer from his window overlooking St. Peter's Square in Rome? The new app is part of the uh, Worldwide Prayer Network and has a special vertical for kids called Eucharistic Youth Movement. Woohoo! The service, which is available in Spanish, English, Italian, French, Portuguese, and German, allows the faithful three options for their spiritual needs. Pray with the Pope, lists Francis's monthly prayer intentions, pray every day, sends users notifications three times a day to get down and pray, and pray with the network is a multi-user platform where registered prayerers can connect with others, including Dope Francis. Well, I will download that to my phone as soon as I get a phone, which will never happen, so I won't be downloading that app. From Fox, cost of prayer, North Carolina County pays $285,000 for opening meetings in Jesus' name. Yep, Rowan County commissioners in North Carolina paid $285,000 in legal fees to the ACLU after the Supreme Court of the United States of America refused to take their case on opening prayers in Jesus' name, which shows the cowardly nature of some of these people up at the SCOTUS. Yeah. Rowan County commissioners approved the court-ordered legal fee Monday after a failed challenge to the 2013 lawsuit from the ACLU, which represented three residents of the county, three people in the entire county, they did this in order to get Jesus' name out of there, and this is only going to become more prominent now because of this precedent, which has been set. Um, they took issue with the county opening Christian prayers from 2007 to 2013. The county opened its meetings with a prayer and asked its residents to stand and join in. Nobody had to. Just join on in if you want to. The ACLU called that practice coercive. After the county agreed to pay the fee, the county chairman called the ACLU bullies for targeting the small community's prayer practices. I'd call them more than bullies, but I'll keep my mouth shut. Even so, the commissioners don't regret the fight. It's not a religious thing for me. It was more about freedom of speech. I just don't think if you're going to support and speak for the public that you should be told what you can and cannot say, said Commissioner Craig Pierce. From the Christian Headlines, very proud of this gentleman. He's done a great deal for uh, Christianity. He's done a great deal against the people that are against Christianity. Ken Ham, if you know who I'm speaking of, he uh, developed the Ark Encounter, that giant ark, which is up in, I think it's North Carolina. You can go and visit it, see all what the ark was actually like. Ark Encounter founder offers free admission to public schools after atheist group threatens to sue schools who visit it. Yes, the Wisconsin-based atheist group FFRF warned public schools not to take their students to the Creation Museum or the Ark Encounter Park because of their overtly religious atmosphere. The FFRF sent over 1,000 letters to school districts across the country, many of them in Kentucky, warning them to stay away from these Christian attractions, writing, public schools cannot organize trips for students to either the Creation Museum or the Ark Park, which they actually can, but 
That's a separate issue. It is unacceptable to expose a captive audience of impressionable students to the overtly religious atmosphere of Ken Ham's Christian theme parks. When the Ark Encounter founder Ken Ham heard about the FFRF's letters, he decided to challenge them, noting that he would not stand for their bullying and intimidation. Ham offered free admission to all public school teachers and students that come for official public school trips. Good job, Ken. He told Fox News the atheist groups like American Atheists and the FFRF have been increasingly aggressive to restrict the free exercise of religion, especially Christianity. Then they've tried to brainwash people with an interpretation of the First Amendment. It does not mean that Christians are second-class citizens. He continued, I would like to see some public schools and public parks stand up to them and not succumb to their bullying and intimidation. Ham has also assured schools that he has expert attorneys who are willing to defend them if the FFRF tries to sue them for a First Amendment violation. Franklin Graham backed Ham in a Facebook post on Sunday, last Sunday, saying Noah wasn't intimidated by atheists in his day, and neither is the builder of the Ark Encounter in Kentucky, Ken Ham. Good job. From Islam today, from Wynet, Malaysia, country I lived in for three years. I liked it very much. It's a beautiful country. The people were wonderful. But Malaysia says it won't host any more events involving Israel. Malaysia's foreign minister said the government will not budge on a ban on Israeli athletes in a para-swimming competition and has decided that the country will not host any events in the future involving Israel. Malaysia, a strong supporter of the Fakistinian plight, which the Saudi Arabian obviously disagrees with, is among the predominantly Muslim countries that do not have diplomatic relations with Israel. The government has said Israeli swimmers cannot join the competition in July that serves as a qualifying event for the 2020 Tokyo Paralympics. From Jerusalem Post, after swimmers banned, Malaysian prime minister says no Israelis allowed in the country, period. Now, this guy was the prime minister when I was there back in 1990 through 93. So he's ancient now and he's the prime minister again. Mohammed's words came in response to the criticism his country has received lately banning Israeli participants in the Paralympic Swimming World Championship scheduled to take place in Malaysia in July. Israel does many bad things, but it does not get reprimanded, Mohammed said. When asked if he thinks it's fair to punish the Israeli public and not the government, Mohammed said that most Israelis support their government, adding that since Israel is very strong, Malaysia cannot do much against it. But they do not have to demonstrate affection to it. The world is talking of freedom of speech, but whenever we say anything against Israel and the Jews, it is considered anti-Semitism. It is my right to criticize Israel for its policy regarding the Palestinians and say they do many bad things. Now, this is going to surprise you, but I actually agree with the guy 100%. That is their sovereign country. They have a right to let in anybody they want or not just as America has its right to not let in people that they want or not, okay? It doesn't matter. If people don't want to participate because of Israel not going there, then they should boycott the event in Malaysia and say that we're standing with Israel, okay? But they have a right to do that. Iran has a right when somebody flies into their country to say, you are going to wear this on your head as a woman. And if they don't, then don't come in, right? Countries have a right to their choices, I do not believe in this globalist attitude that people have that we need to break down all the walls, that everybody has to walk around and do what somebody wants. Somebody's got to make a decision ultimately. So, yes, I agree with them, even though I think it's perverse that they are doing it. From the Jerusalem Post, 
U.S. aid to end all Fakistanian projects on January 31st, former director says. We've got a great president that is making the right choices. The U.S. Agency for International Development will end all of its projects in the West Bank and Gaza Strip on January 31st, following the U.S. admin's decision to cut funding to the Fakistanians. David Harden, former U.S. aid mission director and managing director of the Georgetown Strategy Group, said, expressing deep concern over the move, He told the Jerusalem Post that the U.S. administration demonstrates, again, a lack of nuance, sophistication, and appreciation for the complexity of the situation. No, he doesn't. He understands that every penny that we give to those people does not go to those people. It goes to the stipends to pay for the people that have already killed Jews and for the bombs that are being made to kill the Jews. If they spent the money that we had given them over the past many, many years, the billions and billions of dollars properly— It would be an oasis. It would be a paradise. It would be nicer than Singapore. But they have not done that. From the Times of Israel, as new anti-terrorism law goes into effect, the Fakistanian authority says it will stop accepting U.S. aid. Well, that's good. And secondly, they ain't getting anything more from us anyway. It's all been cut. But here we go. The Fakistanian authority has informed U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo that it will no longer accept any American security aid dollars as of the beginning of February, which is the day after the one I just read comes into effect, in a development seen as a blow to the Israeli-Fakistanian security ties. PM Hamdallah sent a letter to Pompeo on 26 December telling him that the FA would reject U.S. financial support because of a new American law known as the Anti-Terrorism Cooperation Act. Under the law, American courts will have the jurisdiction to rule on cases against any foreign party accused of supporting terrorism that accepts U.S. aid. That's a perfect law. If you take our money, we have a right to prosecute you if you commit terrorist acts. In practice, that means American victims of Fakistanian terrorist attacks would be able to file lawsuits against the FA and the FLO in U.S. courts for compensation, possibly in the hundreds of millions of dollars. If the Ramallah-based body accepts even one penny of American aid, that will happen. Hamdallah wrote in the letter adding that the FA would reconsider its decision if ATCA were changed in a way that would protect it from lawsuits in American courts, which would entirely defeat the premise of the act in the first place. We don't want people killed when it, it goes to the Taylor Force Act. Remember the American that went into Israel and he was killed by one of these people and the Congress unanimously passed this law and it was signed against this that we will not give any money to these people as long as they support paying stipends to these people that have killed Jews and other people around the world. Times of Israel. Report. Israel to shut UNRWA schools in East Jerusalem. Another good move. Israeli officials are reportedly set to revoke permits for schools in East Jerusalem run by the UN Agency for Fakistanian Refugees. The move would come as the latest strike against the UNRWA, which has seen its budget slashed by the U.S. and its activities in East Jerusalem increasingly curtailed by Israel. Israel's National Security Council decided to revoke permits allowing UNRWA schools in the city's Fakistinian neighborhood to operate starting next school year. According to the report, the UNRWA schools will be replaced by schools run by Jerusalem Municipality and under the aegis of Israeli Education Ministry. And if you remember from previous articles, the books were paid for by Britain and some even by the United States, and they are filled with 
teaching these children indoctrination of killing the Jews. They have no acknowledgement at all of Israel's right to exist. That killing Jews is acceptable. And these are just young children being told these things in those schools. No more of that. They worry about taking people to the ark. Yes, they worry about taking people to the ark. Exactly right. From Mongolia today, Xinhua says, Mongolia beefs up fight against African swine fever. Mongolian authorities said the East Asian country has beefed up its fight against an outbreak of African swine fever. Since the first case of the viral disease in pigs was recorded earlier this month, some 1,500 pigs have been slaughtered. There have been case reports in the capital Ulaanbaatar and more provinces recently. The agency said its officials have carried out inspection tours in the affected areas and seized infected pork from markets and restaurants. Transport of all pigs and related products out of and into the listed places has been banned. The country has suspended the import of pork products from the countries affected by the African swine plague. African swine fever is highly contagious. It's a lethal disease believed to infect only swine. Why beef up the fight? My question is, why not pork it up? They're beefing up the fight. Why not pork it up? Okay, from Daniel 12 Technology Today, I call this the heavens declare prophet. From Mail Online, quick, make a wish. Satellite is sent into space, which will create the world's first artificial meteor shower and provide on-demand shooting stars for the super rich. So if you're super rich and you want to have your own meteor shower, you can do it. Tokyo-based ALE claim a fake meteor shower are longer and better than the real ones. Pricing remains confidential, but it is expected to be at least several million pounds. Pellets less than an inch in size will be destined to burn up in the atmosphere. They can be dropped at a specific place and at a specific time at the behest of wealthy clients. So there you go. From Russian Times, goodbye darkness, my old friend. Russian startup wants to place luminous ads in low earth orbit. Yes, a Russian startup wants to put giant luminous billboards into orbit to bombard potential audience of 7 billion people with advertising from space. It's called Start Rocket. They aim to use formation of tiny cube satellites to create programmable displays in the night sky in a low Earth orbit. Each satellite would have a single collapsible sail to reflect the light of the sun, forming a single pixel in the giant nocturnal display measuring 19 square miles across. The company claims it has overcome the technical issues surrounding flying a formation of microsatellites around Earth and plans to launch its orbital display by 2020, displaying ads by 2021. This is like watching a science fiction movie. That's exactly, you know, how they have something in the sky and everybody's looking and, oh my, that's what this is like. The reason for the 12-month gap is unclear and as is the cost of displaying an ad in orbit. The orbital display would be programmed to display corporate logos for slots of six minutes between three and four times a day. However, the display is yet to be tested, funded, or approved in a process which is likely to prove next to impossible given the sheer volume of red tape, rules, regulations, and standards when it comes to international advertising. But they're going through with it anyway. Revelation plagues today. Mail online. United States with fewer cases of melanoma have higher death rates from the cancer. The states with lower cases of melanoma have higher death rates. Now that seems paradoxical, but here's what they say. The states with the highest incidence of skin cancer 
and you would think Florida would be at the top of the list. No, here's what it is. Oregon, Washington, Utah, Minnesota, Vermont, and New Hampshire have the best survival rates. States with the lowest incidence, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Indiana, Illinois, and Nevada have the worst survival rates. Researchers say low survival rates are linked to populations where a large percentage is Caucasian who are more likely to get skin cancer. So there you go. Mail online. And stay out of the sun if you plan on going through the tribulation period. Me, the Lord is coming for me at the pre-tribulation rapture. You all do what you want. When I hear that thing blast, I'm going to jump because I'm going to beat all of you up to see my Lord. Mail online. Ebola heads for major city. Outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which has killed 419 people, is moving towards a trading hub home to one million inhabitants. If the virus spreads to Goma, all bets are off in attempts to control the virus. Cases are appearing in towns further south from the center of the outbreak. At least 685 people have been infected in the epidemic, which began in August. Mail online, the worst day of the Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo as 14 new cases are diagnosed in 24 hours as death toll reaches 439. Very, very bad disease. If it gets into a big city of a million people, it's going to be really bad. Morality today. Before I get into my morality categories, I'm not going to talk about the abortion issue, which came up this week, because Jim already did. He talked about it before. If you want to hear our thoughts from the church on that, watch his opening comments, which are also available on the uh, YouTube and the Superior Word website. And I would just like to say that uh, what has happened in this nation is an absolute travesty. It is horrifying what they have approved. But this morning, I saw something that made it even worse. Is uh, John Holler does the prophecy update in Ohio. He's still in bed at home for, I think, one more week, and then he'll be back doing his update. But he sent me uh, a message this morning. We talked for a couple minutes, and he sent a photo of somebody named Sylvia San Pio Resta and her unborn child who were killed in 9-11, and they are memorialized right at the base of the building that they turned pink to celebrate the murder of the unborn. And his exact words to me, and I, I don't mean to be too graphic, but he said, I feel like puking. And that's exactly how I feel, what we have done in this nation towards the unborn. If you believe that abortion is acceptable, if you believe that it is a woman's right to murder a child, I would ask you to never watch this prophecy update again. Never walk into this church again because it is vile. It is the most vile thing that we are doing in this nation at this time. Morality today. SBS says, Parents Magazine features same-sex dads on its cover. Long-running Parenting Magazine. Parents has featured fitness guru Sean T. and his husband, along with their one-year-old twins, on its February cover. It's believed to be the first time a gay couple has appeared on the magazine's cover in its 92-year history. How, how we have gone down the tubes in the last few years. I'll go back one more second to the abortion issue. If they were to pass a law and say that abortion is outlawed in America, the left would absolutely go ballistic. They would rise and they would fight. They would, at this point, that's what would happen. And I'm telling you that I do not see it in most of the people that are in the church today. They're not willing to rise up and speak about this issue. I will say that we've got one sister in this church right now who is posted every single day, at least a thousand times a day, 
her anti-abortion thoughts. And I'm so proud of you. I actually told John Holler this morning about you and how proud I am of you, of what you have been doing, getting that word out, despite what your friends are saying. Some people making comments on her wall that I would not have tolerated. And I actually fought some of them, but it's just terrible. From the Daily Wire, California Democrat state senator announces using he and she pronouns will be banned during hearings. California knows no bounds when it comes to radical LGBT activism. State Senator and Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Hannah Beth Jackson, Democrat from Santa Barbara, announced that only gender-neutral pronouns will be permitted during committee hearings. This is a, a committee in the judiciary, and you're not allowed to use any sir or ma'am or him or her. None. She's nuts. She's nuts, yes, absolutely. Our first order of business is to approve the committee rules. I'd like to note in respecting the fact that we are now a state recognizing the non-binary designation as a gender, he and she, we are now merging them. So we are using what my grammar teacher would have had a heart attack over. We are using the phrase they and replacing other designations so it's a gender-neutral designation. They announced the Democrat. Basically, that's the primary reforms and revisions to the committee rules. In the spirit of gender neutrality for the rules of this committee, we now designate the chair as they. The world is a different place. My grammar teacher is long gone, and we won't be hearing from her, the senator noted, calling her her, by the way, before correcting herself. From them, she said. From they. She couldn't even get her own gender pronouns correct. From the Christian Institute, doctors to be pulled for stance on assisting suicide of patients. The Royal College, this is England, now taking poll. Who wants to kill and who does not want to kill? And we'll see where it goes from there. The Royal College of Physicians is to ask its members and fellows for their views on legalizing assisted suicide. The RCP will poll its 35,000 members next month on whether they think the current protections should be removed. It will also ask if they would be willing to participate actively in the deaths of patients if the practice was legalized. The college has said it will adopt a neutral position on the subject until two-thirds of its members say it should be opposed or to support a change in the law. So they're basing their moral decisions on polls now. Critics say the move away from its previous opposition to assisted suicide signals inferred support. From Zero Hedge. SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States of America, upholds Trump's transgender military ban. Thank goodness on that. Our other category, writing professor, grading based on quality, is racist. American University in Washington, D.C. is hosting an event on February 1st on anti-racist grading with a professor who serves as a director of writing center, which argues that American grammar is racist. Unjust language structure. Yep. The seminar titled Grading Ain't Just Grading, Rethinking Writing Assessment Ecologies Towards Anti-Racist Ends will be led by University of Washington Tacoma Professor Asao Inoue, who previously published an essay titled A Gradeless Writing Course that focuses on labor and assessing, in which he argues in favor of dispensing almost completely with judgments of quality when producing course grades. I argue that a productive way to design and teach a first-year writing course is to conceive of it as labor and calculate course grades by labor completed and dispense almost completely with judgments of quality when producing course grades. Inua serves as both a professor at UW Tacoma as well as the director of the school's writing center. 
A poster in the Writing Center claims that American grammar is racist, unjust language structure. The Daily Caller News Foundation reported, Linguistic and writing research has shown clearly for many decades that there is no inherent standard of English, the poster says. Language is constantly changing. These two facts make it very difficult to justify placing people in hierarchies or restricting opportunities and privileges because of the way people communicate in particular versions of English. Hello. Mail Online says, okay, I'm going to talk about this country for a while, and it is very important that I do. Venezuelan soldiers steal weapons and call for a coup against President Maduro on social media before being swiftly arrested. Group of military officials stole arms from a National Guard outpost in Venezuela. A series of videos had appeared on social media with armed men in military fatigue saying they won't recognize President Nicolas Maduro's government. Venezuela's military has claimed the mutinous soldiers have been arrested. Hint, kids, if you're going to plan a mutiny, don't post it on social media. From the Times of Israel. Listen to what's going on here and think of Gog Magog on the other side of the world when I get to some of these articles in Israel, how that is being played out as well in Venezuela. Venezuela's opposition leader declares himself president, wins U.S. recognition. U.S. on this side. Mail Online. Venezuela rises to end President Maduro's dictatorship. Seven people are killed as protesters take to streets. An opposition leader declares he is now in charge of the country with Trump's backing. Bloomberg. Maduro squeezed as Trump recognizes Guaido and protests expand. From Al Arabiya. Venezuela's Maduro says he is breaking diplomatic relations with the U.S., from Arts Shiva, Venezuelan president kicks out U.S. diplomats. I read an article this morning where that has been canceled, but we'll talk about that next week maybe. From the Washington Examiner, Mike Pompeo, Venezuela's Nicolas Maduro can't expel U.S. diplomats. Mail Online, showdown in Venezuela. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo warns the U.S. will take appropriate action if Nicolas Maduro tries to remove any American diplomats as clashes break out after Trump recognizes the opposition leader as president. Reuters, Maduro isolated as Latin American nations back Venezuelan opposition leader. So the other nations around there are, with some exceptions, which we'll get to, all right, Haaretz, Russia, Turkey back Venezuela's Maduro after U.S. backs opposition leader. Two of the players coming in Gog Magog are there in Venezuela. Zero Hedge, Russia warns U.S. intervention in Venezuela would have catastrophic consequences. Al Jamainer, after U.S. recognizes Venezuelan opposition chief as president, Iranian leaders rally behind Maduro regime. So now we have three of the players in Gog Magog, as prophesied in Ezekiel 38, also being invested in in, uh, Venezuela. From the Times of Israel, Fakistinian officials, of course, slammed the U.S. over its support for Venezuelan opposition leader. From Ynet, fearing for Jewish community, Israel silent on Venezuelan unrest. A little bit of the comment on here. Some 6,000 Jews live 
in Latin American country might find themselves in uncharted waters after President Maduro, accused of fostering anti-Semitism due to Iran ties, breaks off diplomatic relations with the United States. So they're being quiet because they have people that they need in their country and not dead in Venezuela. Okay, talk about Alia and the Lord regathering the nations. Here's one more reason. That's right. It's prophesied in Ezekiel 36 and 37. They're going to come back to the land, and he has made every way possible that we could think of, and it's been happening over the past 100 years. From Reuters, Vatican, of course, calls for end to suffering in Venezuela, but takes no sides. MSN, Venice, and that will change very soon. Okay, Venezuela's, uh, this is from MSN, Venezuela's Guaido would consider Maduro amnesty. He's giving this guy an olive branch. All the terrible things he's done, but he's saying, I'll give you amnesty, maybe. We'll see how it pans out. All right, and then we have Times of Israel. Top Venezuela military brass vowed to back Maduro as at least 12 die in unrest. Okay, and then we have Reuters. Venezuelan migrants surge into Colombia as political crisis deepens. They've already lost a million citizens from there into Colombia, and now more are leaving in terror. Okay, and then from Fox, Gorka, 40 countries have tried socialist system. All have failed. Okay, there you go. All of the bad players are supporting this. This is going to be a nightmare if something, if somebody lights a spark, there is going to be an explosion. Okay, the Ven- this is from a lady that attends the Superior Word Church. She reads every commentary I write every single day. She watches her Bible studies. She attends online with us. She is in Trinidad. She is a marvelous person. Here's what she said. The Venezuelans are out on the streets by the thousands as they protest against the leader Maduro. President Trump made a statement that he was supporting the leader of the opposition. It has aroused the anger of many Trinidadians because our government is supporting Maduro. Our leader of the opposition says she is supporting President Trump and the other countries of the free world in this matter. Trinidad is being divided right down the middle right now. Sadly, many pastors are against your president and are causing divisions in the body of Christ. People are not allowed to think and they are expected to follow what the pastors teach. I had a heated discussion with a pastor last night who had said America had no right to get involved. I tried to point out that if, as Christians, we in Trinidad support what is going on in Venezuela, we are in fact supporting Russia, who is very present in the country as an ally. By extension, we become enemies of Israel, and we may very well be aligning ourselves with Gog Magog. And she asked, was I wrong? And my answer was, no, you weren't wrong. You're exactly right. And I told her I'd talk about it today. There's a lot of talk on the radio and TV stations about a coming war. The American embassy in Trinidad says it is taking note of Trinidad's position. And the prime minister got very angry at that, saying on TV tonight that America has no right to get involved in our affairs. The leader of the opposition also spoke warning the prime minister about his position and saying that soon we could be having warplanes flying over our country. Everybody is tense and there is a lot of animosity towards America at this time. What is hurting me the most is the attitude of the Christians and the pastors. No one is seeing this from a biblical perspective, which is exactly the way we should be looking at it. Her final comments. I'm not scared. I know in whom I have believed. My family and I are praying a lot for our safety and our God is in control of the situation. Please ask the superior word family to pray for us. So we will. Heavenly Father. We certainly pray for our sister in Trinidad and all of the other brave Christians that are supporting the right cause in this and they're being uh, 
challenged by their own government. And I would pray that there would be harmony and peace down there and that there would not be bloodshed in Trinidad where these people live. But Lord, you are in control of all things and you know the end from the beginning. And if there is to be blood, you know it would come about. And just, we know that you have control of the souls of your people. So we just ask you to intervene according to your wisdom and do as you see is best in this, in all matters. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. From Mail Online, I guess I've found the magic wand. Trump boasts record of luring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S., something Obama said would require Harry Potter-like powers. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Obama demanded to know in June 2016 what magic wand Donald Trump had to rescue the U.S. manufacturing economy. With net manufacturing jobs gains at 284,000 last year, Trump is gloating, I guess I found that magic wand and it's only going to get better, he tweeted. Trump has mocked Obama in the past over that line from the 2016 campaign. Once again, I say it every week as a qualifier that the economy could collapse tomorrow. And that is because of the incompetence of our previous administrations going all the way back to Clinton and even before. They have destroyed the fabric of this nation. But... We'll go on. I got a less rick here for you. What's that? That magic wand. Yeah, the magic wand is actually a spine. That was very well said. I've got a less rick here for you. Let's see if you can guess what we're talking about. Those in darkness will see a great light when the Russians make everything right. Do not get too mad. It's just a big ad that will be seen all day and all night. Yes. Good job, Les or Kathy. And I've got a couple ironies for you. I call these dull bulbs. Mail online, terrible timing. Two very fashion-conscious Detroit women are arrested for trying to steal almost $2,000 in electronics from a Target full of police for a shop with a cop event. Ooh, dull bulb. And then we have from Mail Online. This, this is just so funny. It's sad, but it's still ironic, okay? Drunk man who threatened to kill his neighbors with kindness is arrested after attacking a man with a machete that had kindness written on it many minutes later. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.